0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1329 of the Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Tuesday, October the 18th. The Atlanta Hawks open their season tomorrow on Wednesday, October 19th, with a home game against the Houston Rockets. And uh, yeah, a lot, to, a lot going on, honestly, in the Atlanta Hawks world and the NBA world overall. In fact, I dropped a new podcast on Monday evening in the wake of the extension deadline about DeAndre Hunter, as well as some latest news and notes from that stuff by Donovich, capella some shooting guard preview stuff uh mailbag questions etc that is still available in your feed right now but i also wanted to share with you this two-part episode that i recorded with robbie Cowan earlier this week on the western conference over-unders we recorded on the east about a week and a half ago at this point robbie is a friend of the podcast we we do these shows every single year and on these two parts we talk about the west every single team their over-unders and their win totals and a sort of a season preview on the western conference side you're about to listen to part one or watch part one on youtube if you want to go that route as well and then we have part two drop about the same exact time on Wednesday. So, I'm sorry, on Tuesday. So, as soon as you listen to this podcast, part two should be available for you in your same feed. Please subscribe to the podcast. We will have one more sort of season preview ish episode that's going to drop on Tuesday evening into Wednesday on the Hawks to prepare you for the opener on Wednesday. So, we're going to be very, very busy on the podcast right now. And the best way to find the show is to subscribe on the platform of your choice. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube on the video side, and much more. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. And after a break to hear the intro, I'll be back with part one with myself and Robbie Cowan.
1: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: I am joined once again by my friend Robbie Callen. He is back. We talked about the Eastern Conference uh, about a week ago, and today on the eve of the season, we are talking about the Western Conference over unders. Robbie, welcome back to the podcast.
1: through to be here. Um, yeah, let's let's just dive in. The West is uh, the bottom. I, I think. Uh, Maybe more bottom-heavy than the East in terms of we've got we've got some real uh, real contenders <laughs> for 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 Mr. Wembenyama uh, I'd say so let's uh, let's get into that
0: yeah there's some real ugliness here and uh, just as a reminder if you didn't listen to the Eastern Conference we're gonna talk about overrunners and win totals all the numbers are from Bet Online and uh, until we say so we're not recommending a play on anything <laughs> not every overrunner is a firm play for us we'll kind of give that some context along the way but. Here We are and we're recording this on Monday to have on Tuesday, so keep that in mind too for injuries and stuff like that. So, all right, let us dive in. We're going to go in reverse alphabetical order, and that means we have a couple of hideous teams at the beginning. And uh, team number one is the Utah Jazz. The current number on the Utah Jazz is 23 and a half wins with some juice on the over. Uh, I, I usually talk about last year's win total for some context. it doesn't, Not even, relevant. Ma- it doesn't even matter this time, they turned over their entire team Gobert, Mitchell. Royce O'Neal, Boyan, Daniel House, all gone. They bring in Colin Sexton and Laurie Markenton, and Malik Beasley is on this team. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt's on this team. Tht's on this team. Uh, I don't know. There's lots of stuff going on here for the Jazz. They're gonna be bad, but uh, are you more on the 538
1: side? They have 39 wins for the Jazz this year. 39. Uh, 39 wins. I'm not. I'm not on the 538 side. Um, look, this is the. This is in the very firm stay away for me, because it really comes down to when they jettison their guys and how many of them they get rid of. Um, I think what's, what's maybe a little interesting about this year is, you know, with, with it being 14%, you know, spread across the top, the bottom three teams for a lottery, there's not quite the same incentive to try to be the absolute worst. Um, So you can get away with that. And if, you know, We'll get to San Antonio. I think they're the front runner right now as far as like worst construction. Um, But Utah can get there. Like Utah can get there even with having some functional pieces that they got back uh, in the trades. Um, You know, Colin Sexton, we'll see what he is, but you know, he's going to get points. He's going to get buckets. And then Laurie Markkinen had a great summer uh, playing for Finland in the the World Cup and all of that. And, And so we'll see We'll see what they look like, but look like this. This team is gonna be bad. Obviously, the number paints what everybody expects them to eventually become, and it comes down to when they trade their guys. Bogdanovich gone. Sorry, Um, but Jordan Clarkson. Whether they trade him. you know, Lenick, Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Like, yeah, there's like, all kinds of guys. All these, like Mike Conley said he doesn't really want to get traded because his kids are in school already there and he doesn't really want to move if he doesn't have to, but he understands the business and all this. And so he's not pushing for it. But it's like having too many veterans works against you because you might steal a couple wins that you might otherwise not by playing young guys. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, advance through the season. But we know what Danny Age wants to do. Like We know exactly what his plan is. We've seen him go through this before uh, in Boston when he traded off KG and Paul Pierce and said "Like let's dig down and try to get some picks uh, and if we can stay, you know, in that instance they could stay decent for a little bit longer but the goal is to get Vic or Scoot and they're going to do their best at some point and it just, the, <laughs> the number on this comes down to just when they do it because I think the if you could give me a number for the back half of the year, I would take the under. Yeah. If you give me a post All Star break number that's based on this number, it'd be under. Sure. Right now, it's a, it's a stay away because they might have a marginally okay first month before everybody gets traded.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the piece of context, and that's why the market's gotten smarter. The bookmakers have gotten smarter on these low ones because, like you know, not to defend five thirty eight, but they 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 don't they don't know that the team is not trying. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of like if you look at Utah's roster, like I'm still not as high as that projection has on Utah. But if you just yeah. assume they would keep all of their guys and try to win every game, they would fly over this. So they would fly over this total, I think. For sure. They have some real guys. Like Sexton is a question mark, but two years ago he averaged 24 points a game and like was pretty good. Um same thing with you know Conley and Clarkson and all those guys. So yeah, I uh, I tend to just say no thanks on all of this. But I'm with you if you could do this uh, adjust for the second half. Uh, Danny's going to lean into the tank, I think, at, at some point. So mm-hmm. um, speaking of that, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are next. Uh, San Antonio's number is 22 and a half, a uh, win lower than Utah. They won 34 games last year and actually had even a better point differential than that. But they traded away their best player to the Hawks, actually, uh, DeJounte Murray, of course. And then they also lost Lonnie Walker. They basically announced they were going to rebuild. They drafted three guys in the first round. Rookies are generally bad. And here's the one thing for me with the Spurs. They don't have a primary shot creator on the roster. That's the thing. They have a bunch of guys who you kind of like, like Devin mm-hmm. Vassell. I like Kel- Kelton Johnson. Good player. They have some guys. It's just the fact that they don't have a number one or even a number two, really. And they don't have a point guard either. Like Trey Jones is kind of it. It's, a, it's just a weird, weird team. But they have pop. Like, I don't. Are they going to lean in as far as other teams are? Maybe not. But will they even have to?
1: I think they've they've already done it. They like, kind of already hit. Like, yeah. like Pop, Pop came out at media and said, "Don't don't bet us to win the title." Like I mean, thank you Pop for that. Appreciate obviously, that. but at the same time, like even bad teams don't tend to kind of tell you what they're gonna do. I, I mean, again, stay away because I think Pop genuinely enjoys the challenge of coaching these young guys. He said as much. Um, Teaching, baby. It's getting getting of, back in the lab. Yeah, you know, it's it's reinvigorated him uh, in, in a way. But, like, they're going to be bad Like for all the reasons you said. A uh, lot of Joshua Primo. Uh, I what, mean, whatever this, is, this is a
0: very reductive way to say it, but, like, their best player is Keldon Johnson, Jakob Purtle.
1: Yeah, and he's probably going to trade it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if they move Purtle, then he's the only guy up front that can stop anybody on this team. They, they don't have a guy Madermit. who can create shots. Yeah, Madermit's it's
1: probably the the most reliable shot maker, not creator. He's not a guy yeah, he's I mean, not they, they genuinely don't
0: headphones. have a shot creator. That's
1: they the thing. are going to he I mean yeah, I mean they're going to see what Primo is and see, you know, sure. what what he can do from that. Trey Jones is, you know, I think what he is. He's not a not a high ceiling guy, but he does he's fine. He's a he's a competent point guard and, and brings you something there, but good defender. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like, but he he's not a shooter. Like that was the whole thing in college. Like Trey Jones like couldn't shoot at Duke for like a whole year. Um, even shoot college that? basketball. Even picks? even I know that. Like I I don't, I don't, look at that. You're so proud of me. Um, yeah, I I mean, they're gonna be bad. They're gonna trade some guys. I think they should keep their young guys, even Keldon, uh, unless somebody comes with some crazy offer for him. But I can't imagine that happens. Um, yeah, I, I got I got nothing on the Spurs. I think if anything, it's it's oddly it's under because I think they are the front runners to be the. I would rather bet them for worst record in the league than anything. If that's a available market.
0: Yeah the only the only reason why I would not like advocate a little bit harder on the under is just the infrastructure like i i think they might win some games because pop exists like well I don't all think those that... guys have
1: played for him right like yeah it's not like they're all rookies you know like they have the three rookies. they have Sochan. they have they have all those guys but like you said like the main guys are still third year guy
0: type. vassell and keldon and if they keep hurdle he's gonna win them a couple games just because mm-hmm. he's, he's really he's good a great defender um so yeah i no thank you is my answer for this one as well. I would lean under if you made me choose, just because they're going to be bad. But um, I can't see them winning more than more than thirty. That would be. Oh stunning. no,
1: I I would I would be fairly shocked if they win more than twenty five. But that's still two and a half wins over. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think the ceiling here is probably twenty five wins. But there are ways to do that without having to you know try especially hard.
0: Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, and these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain they have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs right now today. LinkedIn Jobs helps find more people for your team faster and for free. I've had to hire a few times in the last few years. LinkedIn Jobs has proven to be an awesome resource. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post at LinkedIn Jobs. They have high-quality candidates that you need to locate the best possible hire. Then once you're set up, you can add the job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word word that you're actually hiring. And LinkedIn jobs are simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates which is the right skills and experience you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. You want to finish the year strong and finding the right team member is a key piece of doing just that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires against like leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find quality candidates that you want to talk to and they help you to do it faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That is linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job. For free, terms and conditions apply. Let us move now to the Sacramento Kings, a team that is actually weirdly better than the two teams we just talked about. The Kings have not made the playoffs since Forever. you were in college, I think, maybe before that, high school. I don't know; I can't remember how old you are at this moment, how long it' been. They've been they've been out of the playoffs for a long time. Um, I
1: think it was in high school.
0: The Kings are um, projected to be pretty frisky, and with good reason. You know, last year they won thirty games. Uh, this year, the number is thirty-four and a half. Uh, they did. They're definitely trying to win, which we'll come mm. back to as a reason maybe to lean one way or the other. Here is that they they don't want to tank. Like they, this is their one team in the league. I think more than any other that would be thrilled to be in the play-in. Like most teams don't want to be in the play-in. Them and Washington, the I feel yeah.
1: like are right on the exact same plane. Of, Agreed. Like, they are so all in that they are, and I think and above them, but in like Chicago, just because they traded their pick and they can't.
0: Yeah, they're in too. But I mean, the thing—I guess if better. if the Kings were so bad that they were like way out of it, they might tank. But if they're anywhere close, they're not going to stop. Oh, yeah, no, they're, they're going to push all the way through. Um, obviously, they get Kevin Herder in the offseason from the Hawks. They get Malik Monk, that should give them more punch on the perimeter. Keegan Murray is a guy who could be better than the usual rookie would be. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, they do lose Justin Holiday. They lose White Dante. Um, I don't know. They they have a lot better offensive talent. Than they had previously, you know, they have some bonus now, of course. Um, they could be – their personnel is very bad defensively. Yeah. Like, they're banking on Mike Brown to be Mike Brown, which Mike Brown's good at defense. It's just, like, the theory of the Kings being pretty decent is that they really might be a top-10 offense. It's just that their defense – you're hoping Mike Brown gets into, like, 24th, and that would be enough.
1: I'm, a, I'm probably going to watch a lot of Kings games because I have to work three or four <laughs> nights a week, and, like, they're going to be one of the more fun – West coast late night teams on league pass when there's like four games and the Kings are playing somebody like that's going to be pretty fun. Uh, so like, that's good for Kings fans. Like I'm happy for them that they theoretically have a fun team. Uh, Cause I like a lot of Kings fans. I, this is a stay away for me because I think this number is about right. Um, you know, 30, 34, 35 wins. That puts you right on the fringe of the play in. Uh, most years in, in most conferences. We'll see if that's the case uh, this year in the West, but you know, they're going to be fighting for that nine, 10 spot. I don't, it's really hard to see how they are anywhere close to top eight. Agreed. Um, just because of the depth, like the West, I think there's a more clear line between maybe the 11th and 12th team in the West. Um, but that top 10 is just brutal. Um,
0: like we'll you come, said, like, we'll, we'll come I, I back like to them,
1: but guys. like I, I do think that uh,
0: the Kings might be like in the tier with the Blazers. We'll, we'll come yeah. back to that, but like I think they are to what you were saying, they are solidly better than the bad teams, like the very bad teams. Yeah. So that also gives you some wins too. Like, I don't, and I think Vegas appropriately lined this where well, they, they are kind of in win. their own round. They're in their own range in yeah. the
1: West. They are. They are. Clearly, like, like you said, they're clearly above. It's, it's really like, can they be better than Portland? And the reason they're not there is because Portland has Damian Lillard, and that is worth a significant bump in wins because you have a guy who is proven to win you games, uh, right. and the Kings do not have that guy. As much as I like Sabonis, uh, I still believe in De'Aaron Fox. I think he's a, he's a very good player. And like you said, Keegan Murray... It's going to be funny because this year is going to be a big Keegan Murray victory lap, I think, for Kings fans, uh, taking him over Jaden Ivey, whereas the the Ivy pick for Detroit is, talk to us in five years. Future-facing. Um, oh, yeah. it is, Ivy is the, he could be a super-duper star if everything comes together, and Keegan Murray was, like, built to be an out the box starting 3-and-D, like, ready to rock, but can he be much more? And maybe he can, like maybe, maybe he can keep taking that leap and that's kind of what the Kings are hoping for. But I do expect Kings fans to enjoy this season a lot, especially because we mentioned on the East pod, uh, Jaden, I going to get a lot of chances to, uh, to get the shoot, get the ball up and, uh, probably won't be super efficient. And so numbers wise, I bet Murray looks better on a better team. Um, but we'll see what the the long-term layout looks like. And that's why Detroit's happy with their pick. And that's also why Sacramento's happy with their pick. I think that actually worked out very nicely in the four or five slots in the draft.
0: Yeah, that's, I think, probably what part of why they took Murray. They're trying to win. Uh, That's at least part of this whole thing. And, uh, you know, we've used Portland as an example. We'll transition to them now because there are only two teams in the West that have win totals in the 30s. And it's the Kings at 34 and a half and it's the Blazers at 39 and a half. Um, everybody else is either in the 20s, 40s, or 50s. So they're kind of in their own space. Um, the Blazers are another team, kind of like the Jazz, where you kind of have to just throw out last year's numbers. They just tank so incredibly hard from like January on. It was really on. impressive. It
1: really you know,
0: was. As soon as Dame went down, you know, they traded CJ and everything was just yeah.
1: – They traded Norman. Covington, they traded Norman Cove first.
0: They yeah. All this, then they traded CJ
1: it. and it was
0: – Nurkic, they almost clearly like – told him that they would give him a contract that they, if you just shut it down and they immediately paid him probably too much seemingly because of that. Um, All of it. I mean, Dame is back. The question is how good Dame is at this point. Obviously he's still going to be good, but he was not great pre-injury last year. Um, Nurkic is back. They add Jeremy Grant, who should help. Uh, They add Gary Payton the second. They didn't really lose much. Honestly, they don't have a ton of defense defense on the wings. Like they do have grant. They do have a guy I love a Josh Hart. They don't have a ton of depth at wing and also the backcourt defense. Uh, Dame and Simons might be pretty flammable. It's, um, a, <laughs>
1: it's a good word for it. But, uh,
0: I mean, we've also seen that from Portland forever. Not that uh, CJ was – CJ's probably a little bit better than Simons,
1: but – Just size-wise, but not like, – Yeah. He's just a little sturdier than Simons, but – I yeah, mean, for me, I don't great.
0: I don't know about you. For me, this entire thing is, is Dame back to being a top 20 player in the league or is Dame in a new phase of his career? If Dame is the guy he's been in the past – I couldn't take the under here. Correct. I don't know if I take the over. I couldn't take the under. If Dame, but but if you think Dame is not going to be that guy anymore, I don't see a path for them to be a five hundred team if he's not like really capital D Dame for me.
1: Yeah, it's. I think this is definitely one of the wait and see type lines where I think I. It's it's really out like you said. It's out of respect for what Damian Lillard has done uh, and what he can be, which is a top. 15 guy that leads you to an awful lot of wins
0: perennially too i mean and kind of the same way to bring it like kind of do a hawks comparison like dame has kind of been what trey has been in the fact that like if dame is healthy portland has been a consistent top eight to ten offense in the league mm -hmm. as long as he is healthy and it almost doesn't matter who's around him uh but again that's dame is in his 30s now and just kind of had a lost season and The question is whether you could do that again, but, like, I think what you said is great, like, the respect for Dame because, like, I've never even been the biggest Dame guy, but Mm -hmm. you can't, like, doubt his offensive bona fides in the regular season. Like, he's going to lead you to wins.
1: Right, and that's the other thing, is, like, he's also a guy that very clearly can lead a team to caring in the regular season, which is an underrated factor in win totals. That was always a thing. Portland was always, like, a favorite of everybody that had a model always picked the Blazers to be under, like, for years because nothing made a lot of sense and they would look bad in the playoffs and you would go, well, like they're, they're worse. The defense at the point of attack, they don't really have it. There's, there's all of these things, but they just, they always, those Stotts Blazers teams with Dame and CJ always just outplayed people over the 82 games. Like they just played hard. Same thing with Toronto. Yeah, um, Toronto was always that team with Lowry and DeRozan, especially. They just played harder than you, When you come in on the third, third and four nights and you're just tired and you got to deal with this guy who's running around and putting up 30 footers and, you know, playing (laughs) as hard as he possibly can, which is part of the reason he had the ab injuries. He would not stop playing um, because he played the Olympics, um, which he shouldn't have, but good for him. Got a gold, whatever. Um, But all of that is, you know, that's, that's just how they're wired. Um, and I think they have guys that are going to be like that still, like all those guys that you mentioned that they brought in Josh Hart, uh, Jeremy Grant, like they seem like guys that'll buy in on that and give you that. And it's a matter of, you know, if they get to a play in, if they get to the playoffs, then maybe the talent deficit depth deficit, um, and issues become more glaring. But if Dane's that guy, like I I wouldn't be surprised to see this go over and I'm with you. I would not bet the under, um, out respect for that, but it is hard to project. Somebody's got to lose in the West, and you are worried yeah. that the talent deficit is enough elsewhere around him. Uh, I think you have to be a really big Simons guy uh, to buy in on this, and I think Simons has impressed me. I did not think he was a guy, uh, and he has been very good. We'll, we'll see what happens when he steps in that role next to Dame. Um, but this is a stay away and it's hard to advocate for, for, for either side, not knowing the health. And also just knowing that if he is, he wins a lot of games.
0: Yeah. I don't love it. Um, I, I think if you absolutely made me take a side, I would probably take the under just for the uncertainty factor Um, with Dame and with the lack of depth on this roster, frankly, they don't have a ton of it anywhere, but uh, he might make you look silly and win 45 games and, do Damian Lord thing. So uh, n- a no-play for us on the Blazers. Uh next is your former hometown team, the Phoenix Suns. Uh South. <laughs> the Suns are a weird one because <laughs> the vibes are terrible in Phoenix right now. Horrific. Just absolutely terrible vibes. But Awful. but they won 64 games last year. Yeah. And they had a 61 one point differential. So it wasn't like they were faking it. They were they were yeah. clearly the best team in the league last year in the regular season. And the number's 52 and a half. And they didn't change anything. I mean, they lose Jay Crowder, probably. He's right. still on the team right now as we record this. Um, they lost JaVale. That's a little bit of depth that they lost. And mm-hmm. Aaron Holiday played some good minutes for them last year. He's now on the Hawks. But they didn't really lose much of anything. They bring Aiden back. He's not thrilled, not, I don't think. But, happy, but listen, like, paid. they should still be good. I I have a hard time, even with the vibes, going under on the Suns. I just don't think... There's any reason that they're, I mean, maybe Chris Paul is just going to finally meet meet the end this year? Yeah, I, I don't know though. That number is modest, it seems on paper anyway.
1: Yeah, like I don't like the backup point guard is still an issue. Um, it, is. it, it, is, it is Cameron Payne who has fallen back to earth post bubble. It's
0: campaign, they have Dwayne Washington Jr., they have Landry Shannon, is more of a two. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, it, it basically becomes Devin, Devin Booker if Chris Paul is uh not going to be around so.
1: That's not great, but
0: they have Saric back too. We should say he doesn't look great right now, but he's, he's a helpful piece if he gets right.
1: Yeah. he They were really good when they would toggle small ball, big ball, his before he got injured two years ago. Um, Yeah. I mean, look like I, I I get that they lost to an Australian team in the preseason. I I don't, I don't care about that. Everything looks awful. I, I think this is an over. I don't know if I want to lock it up for all the reasons everybody knows going on with the Suns, the sale and terrible vibes and Monty and DeAndre and apparently didn't speak for three months and four months and plenty of reasons to believe this could crumble, but I feel like it's more likely they're a top four seed and it falls apart in the playoffs again. Right? Like, yeah. They're just really good, and like they should get something for Jay Crowder. Like that's not going to be a trade where they just don't get anything. Well,
0: as we and actually talked, talked about, you gonna... and I talked about that on the Hawks podcast sure. last time. It was like they want to win; they're not going to yeah. trade Jay Crowder for for Picks. nothing. Like no, nope. they're going to get some. It may not be as good as Jay Crowder, but they'll, they're going to have something. They're they going to get a.
1: Them. I think right. they get a backup point guard. I think that's exactly what they're Maybe trying to shop for, and I think they're going to say, "Hey." Like I think they're going to try to get Derek White because Boston has apparently been willing to discuss him in some Former, deals with former awesome Celtics
0: games. legend Jay Crowder as well.
1: So. Yeah, I mean he, they're on the list. I, I think it's possible that that is what the target is right now. It makes the most sense to me if you're the Suns and you're saying, "What do we need?" And it's like, do we really want to rely on campaign for 20-25 minutes a night again? And I don't think. They do. And if they could get a Derek White, I think that makes all the sense in the world. So I expect them to go try to get somebody like that. I don't know if that's the exact guy they get, but I think that's where they go. And if they get that, then I feel much better because then you can rest Chris Paul some. Then you don't have to worry quite as much because that I think is the biggest issue is if Chris Paul misses considerable time, they get much worse. because Not just because he's Chris Paul and he's very good, but because they just don't have a sustainable option behind him with how campaign played last year.
0: Yeah. I I wouldn't play the under. I'll tell you that. I, I have, I have a a predisposed nature to not play a ton of overs on numbers in the fifties, but this might be an exception because like they were literally nine wins better than this last year and shouldn't be much worse. So I definitely would lean over. I don't think it's like a best bet or anything, but I would not take the under. (laughs) No, thank you on that. Um, let's go to the Thunder now, a different team than the Suns, let's just say. Um, no Chet, unfortunately, this season for the Thunder. They basically had the same over-under this year as they finished with last year. It was 23 and a half is the number uh, this year, and they finished with 24 wins a year ago. They were dreadful on offense. They were 30th in the league, a.k.a. dead last. They were competitive on defense last year. They didn't really add vets. They just kind of brought in more rookies and continued the churn. It's kind of the same story it's been for a long time. They have Shea. They have a guy in Josh Giddey that they like. Lou Dort's back on a big contract. Uh, the front court is like one enormous shrug, basically. I'm just going to name some guys in the Thunder. This is great. This is great radio. I love um, it. But, uh, okay. Uh, Poku. Mm-hmm. Usman, Usman Jang. Uh, mm-hmm. Kenrich Williams, who's a, is a favorite of the internet. I like Kenrich Williams a lot. The internet
1: does love Kenrich.
0: That's a guy. Going uh, back to his
1: New Orleans days.
0: Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, Darius Baisley. The mm-hmm. other Jalen Williams, the Arkansas big, uh, mm-hmm. they have Marquise Chris, I think, unless they wave him today, which they might, but that was happening earlier. Anyway, and also old friend, favorite of ours, Mike Muscala, still on the Thunder. Hey. And playing well. He's had, hey. he's had, he's he's had a
1: sneaky good career. A, re- a, revi- a revival for Moose. Still um, like Muscala.
0: But, yeah, you know, I mean, this is a team that has, like, a bunch of weirdness and like, is Shea going to play the whole season? He hasn't well, yet. I mean, I, I that—that
1: that is the question. I can give you a little, a little inside, a little inside tip. He, he shockingly, yeah, he's not really thrilled with uh, with the can't, sitting. With the can't imagine season. why. <laughs> um, I remember I got I got offered an, an interview with him, and uh, they're like, "Hey, can you not ask about injury stuff and <laughs> trade stuff?" Yeah, so. Um, I'll be interested to see how they go about this because look, we Sam Presti is not shy about anything he does here. He is hinky-like in the way that he will brazenly tank. And if there were ever a season for them to want to go all in, it's this year and it's whether to get Wemby or even they would be thrilled with Scoot and then you could move Shea. And then, you you know, like there's reason to do it. I'll be very interested to see how this goes. Um, it, it He's played 35 two years ago and 56 last year with some mysterious soreness stuff. stuff. I, um, I'm not sure if he will do it again. I don't know if he wants to do it again. I don't know if they want to do it again. It comes down to, if you tell me Shea plays 70 games. Oh, over. It's wildly over. Yeah. Um, if he plays 55 again, it's probably right on the number again. I don't think he plays less than that. And for that reason, I'm going to stay away. And if anything, maybe lean over. But like they also are as good as it gets at losing every single game the second half of the season. Like, yeah. They, President- they have been at like 16 a couple yeah. of times, 17 at the deadline and won like five.
0: And Presti has no shame about it, which is oh. the reason why I I can't take it over because sure. he he just and I think this is the right approach just for the record I, th- I agree with him on this he just doesn't care at the end of the season he said it as much like and you know they have lineups they have so many guys on this team that they can play that will lose you games without even have to try you lose your games like you know they run an Isaiah Joe actually kind of like that move he got, he was available after being cut by the yeah. Sixers. Um, but yeah, they you know even the guys who are their building blocks like Josh Giddey was not a winning player last year. He was a negative player last year. Like the, the flashes are really good, and he might be really good. But um, Poku is still a giant question. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that if they had Chet, <laughs> count
1: Cal- Cal- the- me is not a Poku guy. How about Yeah, that? I mean I'll it's just, not. You can, it's you, not can right. you can you it's can fine. put me on the no list there. That's
0: fine. Um, I, I understand. But no, I I I'll just
1: all due respect to Draft Twitter.
0: Yeah, I. Because of, because of Shea and because of Mark Degnall, who I think is a good like a capital G good coach, like he's taken them and kind of made them competitive mm-hmm. defensively when he has no business doing that. I wouldn't take the under either. I just ugh, no, thank you. I'm out on the Thunder this season. Um, all right, different team, different situation. The Pelicans, who I just saw in person on Friday mm-hmm. in Birmingham, um, 45 and a half wins for the Pelicans last year was 36, but they started three and 16 sure and. We're a lot better than that after that. You know, I mean, it's funny they weren't
1: as good as I thought they were after the CJ. No. They're like a 500 team. Like I thought they were like a lot better. And they also they don't. Were, they also they
0: don't, just, don't make the playoffs and, except for Paul George getting COVID. So, right. um, but listen, they were much better in the second half of the season. And the big thing is that Zion's back. So like, I get the optimism on the Pelicans. This is one of the ones where I am truly um, perplexed because the way that I think about this, like they're a buzzy team. And usually I kind of fade those teams that like have too much juice. But I also think like if Zion is the guy he was two years ago and you just add him into this roster, they might win 52. Like they might be awesome. I don't, I wouldn't pick that, but if I mean, Zion was awesome two years ago. And I think people know that, but they don't remember necessarily. It's been a little while. He missed the whole season. But if you just add Zion to a team that like was pretty frisky last year, Ingram's good. CJ's good. They have some depth. Um, you know, Dyson Daniels is a guy as a, as a rookie. You probably won't help them a ton, but he's a good defensive player. Mm-hmm. Steven Adams is a winner. Like they have a bunch of interesting pieces. And, you know, Trey Murphy, I love. So, Listen,
1: like Trey Murphy, Renaissance, breakout. Let's go.
0: I, I tend, honestly, I this is very obvious uh, <laughs> prognostication. If Zion's healthy, this isn't over. Mm hmm. We just don't know if Zion can stay healthy because he's never done it so that makes what yeah. makes that makes, that makes me not want to do it because I guess the question is can the pelicans go over this number if Zion misses 30 games
1: I think possibly then you probably lean over because I'm, like, a I, I'm you I'm know what in. I mean this isn't over for me I'm that's in. what
0: you need that's what you need I think that's what that's what you need to have in your mind is not anybody's rooting for it because we're not we want we want to see Zion but like if he plays half the season, can they still go over? I think they probably could,
1: possibly. It obviously slims the margins, sure. Um, but I will say, like, I do think, um, I do think that that is a possibility. Because, like, like you said, like, I just, I think they have like a good bit of depth. Like, I think they're a well-built oh, yeah, they team. Like, for all of the, it was so funny. It's like if you talked about the Pelican situation a year ago. With all the them kind of being non-committal about Zion and all of that, and all the reports about Zion not being happy, and a lot of people not being thrilled with Griff and all that, he's done a really good job turning this thing around and building a team. You mentioned obviously Herb Jones; everybody loves Herb. Like
0: they have like twelve guys. I mean, you talk about old
1: Hawks friend Willie Green is really dialing it up on on the bench there. Like I I was impressed with him. Love Willie Green. Loved covering Willie Green. 10 out of 10 would would <laughs> would interview again. Uh, loved Willie Green. Just honest guy. And he's been really good. Like like the way that they've – the way they created an offense that kind of took advantage of what – in season tweaking stuff to take advantage of what CJ brings and take advantage of what Brandon brings gives me a lot of hope and a lot of optimism that they're going to work Zion in and be able to get all three go- guys – touches where they like to have the ball because the nice thing is they're they're all different in where they want to operate and i think that helps cj wants to go three-point line to mid-range brand ingram is going to be more in that that high post mid-range area on the elbow and stuff and then zion likes to get it and go downhill and you can work off all those things all of them can work off each other then you, you just park trey murphy in the corner and let him shoot 44 percent from out there and you got stew going um I'm in, man. Maybe gumbo would be more appropriate down there. I like, Um, I
0: like the Pelicans too. I mean, the depth, the depth is real. Like I know they, they kind of Alvarado came out of nowhere. Um, Herb Jones being this good came out of nowhere, even if people that liked him, like a lot of us did. Um, Najee Marshall is an adult. Like he can play as like a fifth wing. Um, They have Garrett Temple still on this team. Larry Nance is their third or fourth big. He's really good. Um, Yeah. I, I'm in, too. The only skepticism is Zion, and it's not because of his performance. It's just Mm -mm. because he can't stay healthy. But, I, uh, yeah, I I think it's over or nothing. I I don't think I'm going to, like, run to take the over 45 and a half. It's a pretty good – it's a pretty high number just for what they've done. But I I do think that they are capable of going over that solidly. That tracks. Let's go. All right. Let us move to the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that has a lot of attention on it. Uh 49 wins is the number juiced to the over pretty heavily mm-hmm. on Bet Online. Um last year they won 46. They add, of course, Rudy Gobert, they add Kyle Anderson, a bunch of uh supporting guys across the about Kyle Anderson. He's there. Uh Brent like Forbes that. on this team. Um and Ant's a year older, which is important. Um, they did lose some guys though. That they didn't just like get Rudy for nothing. No. They lost a bunch of depth. Uh, Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, um, Jared Vanderbilt, etc. Uh, this number feels too low to me. And I I'm actually hey. I thought I was going to be skeptical on the Wolves. This number just feels too low to me.
1: I mean, we know what Rudy Gobert does in the regular season.
0: That's kind like, of where I am too. Like how, he how do you, wins how, games. How do you win forty six games last year? Add the best defensive player in the league and
1: not get best regular the season defender in the league. Yeah, um, and that's what this is about. This is about regular season, exactly. So give me the over. Like I know there's some yeah. stuff to work out between. Like him and Pat didn't look great their first game together on the offense. Whatever, I'm fine with that. It's gonna take some time. It's gonna be a little hiccup. It is. They're gonna be really good in the regular season. Also, Rudy Rudy is an underrated offensive player. Sure, he's good. he's a really good role guy, putback guy. Like he's got like the, a that, game. that.
0: fits not great, but I still think that Rudy is underrated offensively. Like the the moments, the minutes where Cat's off the floor and you could just run pick and roll with with Russell and Gobert. Like you're mm-hmm. gonna eat in those minutes. I think especially with Ann on on the floor too. The only question for me is their lack of depth. Like they don't have a lot of depth. Um, Like you get into their backups and they have some guys that you don't like, they don't, you know, hate. like, you know, Jordan McLaughlin is fine. Jalen Noel is fine. Old friend Torian Prince is on this team. Um, But the only, the only backups that I really trust is Kyle Anderson and like kind of, uh i don't know austin rivers is okay like they don't have a they don't have a top nine that you love they have sure. like a top six or seven that you like and then it's a little bit questionable after that sure so if you get an injury or two you might be in some trouble but it really is like i i think this is this number is underrating rudy gobert oh yeah that's where i am on okay. that regular season wise
1: which that is, is it's different in playoffs, like because people people are not high on rudy just generally um and there's reason for that come postseason time. Like, there is reason sure. to wonder exactly how this is going to work when they get to the playoffs. I have no question about them getting there, though. Um, over. <laughs> over. This is like a 52 win team.
0: I like it. I, uh, I'm hesitant to like go crazy on overs for teams at 49 or higher, but uh, yeah, that's too low. I think this number should be 50, 50 and a half or 51 or something like that. So, not a huge, huge gap. Like, it's, it's hard to like blow past a 49 win total. Like, you got to win mid fifties to do that but i think that they have they're capable of doing that like i'll say this it would not stun me if they were the number one or two seed in the west i wouldn't sure. pick that
1: no, but i think but that they are I'm capable deal of deal. doing that yeah if, um, they, if they if they have health and and the cat go bear thing figure itself out pretty quick which it could like it well, was literally ants. their first game because because cat didn't play in any of camp like he missed camp with that he was ill thing. and
0: yeah i mean like, all of it lost 20 and,
1: pounds or something like
0: Anthony Edwards, like, I've I've never been the highest on him, but, like, he might be awesome this year. Like, he yeah. was already really good last year and is still, what, whatever, he's 20,
1: 21. And Russell um, should be better with an actual pick-and-roll partner.
0: Yep, agreed. Like, like Russell,
1: Russell is really good going downhill in pick-and-roll, and, like, that's just not what Cat does best.
0: As funny as that is, because those guys were – that was the whole thing was that Cat wanted Russell right. the whole time, and they don't right. really fit they're together.
1: They're, like, great – they, they're not perfect fits, but, like, with Gobert – Like their second unit, when Cat goes off, like they should. I think you keep Ant and Cat together, and Russell and Gobert together as your kind of platoon for rest during games, and then you close with all of them or whatever. But like those two together are gonna eat because Russell is exactly what Gobert wants in a point guard, which is a downhill guy um, who wants to run pick and roll. And Donovan Mitchell was an ISO guy.
0: That he was, it <laughs> is. You should say, um, nice. okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're we're over on the uh, we're over on the wolves. Uh, Robbie, this is an appropriate time now to end part one of this podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and do that. We're gonna sign off for part one. We're, we're gonna come back for part two. Uh, people should be following Robbie where.
1: Our calendar. Oh, there we go. If you're not watching well, on I'm YouTube,
0: balanced. if you're listening uh, on audio-, calend- audio
1: only. <laughs> uh- <laughs>
0: It's um, still a podcast, Robbie. Still audio only in some you know, places. Listen, I understand.
1: It's the future. Um Yeah. Uh you can read you can read myself and Brad Roland for national stuff on uh Dimag.com, Uprock Sports, all that good stuff. And uh for college football enthusiasts, the punk cast rolls along. Delightful. Uh, never encumbered
0: the best uh as for the rest of this uh, rest of this conversation will be in part two so please click on over to that also listen to us in part one and two of the eastern conference preview that we dropped about a week ago subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you all next time